Brought to you by PrayLatin.com, makers of prayer cards featuring complete English phonetic renderings of Latin pronunciations. I deal with Catholic prophecy a lot on this channel. For those who have been watching this channel for a long time, you're more than well aware of my series called We Were Warned, which details Catholic prophecy from mystics and saints and other figures throughout church history, and sometimes just the theological analyses of various doctors of the church or important teachers in the faith and their predictions of what would come in the future. And unfortunately, their predictions seem to be very on the money for our time. I deal with that a lot because a lot of people, an increasing number of people, and especially seemingly people who almost reject faith now, they understand that there's something wrong in the culture and in the world in general. And so I came across this article today, and it's, it's very interesting. It's worth your time. And I'll have the full article linked to you for you today at returntotradition.org in today's show notes for this post. Go ahead and check out that. My website has no ads on it, and it's so I'm not trying to just drive you there to go get some clicks for ads or whatever. There's no ads there. You can find all my sources there. I do suggest following as a backup for my channel because sometimes our hosts don't like to send notifications to people or show my videos to you. And you'll see every day that I post links to my videos for the day there. But this article is interesting because it was written by, it was written for a not explicitly Catholic outlet, though the author is clearly Catholic of this piece. And so we go to the European conservative for this article, and they give us this headline, The Religion of Antichrist. Punchy, short, to the point. The author implores us to, when thinking about things going on in the broader culture, to stop thinking of it as a culture war. And that's a very important thing to remember. Because what we're seeing going on now in the broader culture is an attempt to destroy the existing culture and to replace it with, essentially, idolatry which is demonic. All idolatry really is, is a mask for the diabolical to convince you to worship a demon. That's all it really is. When you really strip down what people are doing to the most basic levels, that is what you're doing. You're replacing worship of God with worship of anything but God. And that is by definition, worship of evil. It is a mistake to think that what we're doing is just engaged in a fight for the future of the culture. This is something else going on at this point. And I want people who are really familiar with the, my We Were Warned series to take a look at everything he's saying here and think about it in the, in the context of Our Lady's messages that I covered for you in the last couple of weeks. What Our Lady told us about the days before the, the chastisement that really appears to be coming any day now. What the world would be like, where the world would turn its back on God and that believers would be at best lukewarm and practicing poorly and that the clergy would be more interested in worldly acclaim and accumulating worldly wealth than they would be in the practice of honest religion. Think about that for a second as we go over this. Here's what the author tells us, quote, The biggest mistake we make is in believing that we are in a so-called culture war. The phrase culture war assumes that both sides have rival cultures they are battling to defend and promote. However, the enemies of civilization, of life and love, have no culture. If anything, their aim is not only to destroy the great cultural and spiritual achievements of the West, but to lay waste to anything that transcends the diabolical and obscene. Culture presupposes beauty. 
order, and tranquility. It assumes those moral and spiritual values upon which harmony and holiness depend. In word, rite, song, and ritual, it idealizes what William Blake termed the human form divine. In our brave new world, however, the human form is considered neither divine nor worthy of reverence or respect. It has been reduced to what Roger Scruton called its animal essentials, a purely natural object that could be remade in the image of and likeness of anything but God. Put simply, the only culture that is on offer is that of death and desecration, of defilement and the demonic. Therefore, let us avoid talk of culture war when we are engaged in is nothing less than total spiritual conflict. If you perceive the assault on holy matrimony, the family, innocence, the very nature of the order of reality, as a culture war, you will be at a loss to explain why there is such a ferocious attack on the sanctity of matters of the flesh. You will struggle to explain to children why the naturally ordered inclinations of the flesh are not simply one of many competing options, or why medically removing someone from this mortal coil is not an act of mercy for the critically ill, or why redacted are not a lifestyle choice but an outrageous violation of the natural development of the flesh. That is why we must see this confrontation for what it is, a spiritual war in which the forces of darkness are seeking to ravage everything that is good, beautiful, and true. When you observe our current predicament from that standpoint, the prevailing madness makes perfect sense. However, most Christians and conservatives hesitate to use the word evil when describing the forces that we face. Having bought into the psychobabble of the age, they often opt to explain it in purely naturalistic or psychological terms. I did so myself for many years until I realized the gravity of what was happening around me and that it simply could not be explained as an ideological aberration. I did so until I understood that the sacred scriptures do not confuse psychological and spiritual sickness. Christ, in other words, did not mistake clinical depression for diabolical possession. End quote. Reducing what we're seeing around us to just another matter of culture war is a critical mistake. It presupposes the idea that we're just battling over who gets to direct where the winds of the culture go. This is not a matter of what fashions are going to be in place or what the benefits of the state are going to be and how they're going to be divvied up. You know, I'm a trained political scientist, and one of the things that we were always taught is that essentially politics was just a, the political process was just a matter of battling to see who was going to be able to give the benefits of the state to their preferred peoples, which is a very, also very Keynesian kind of way of looking at things. And for those who maybe object to the idea that the state should be involved in giving anything to anybody except basic benefits of security, then you would probably object to that definition. But that's a definition that people were basically taught in the sort of post-New Deal era, that politics is merely just a battle for who has control of state resources and how they'll be divvied up. Here we see that's what culture wars are really framed as. They're essentially just framed as that, except using the, the implementations of the state to then promote certain ways of living. That is, doesn't even begin to scratch the surface of what we're dealing with in the world today. And that's kind of the author's main point there. We make a critical error. Everything in life should be seen through the lens of faith, through the supernatural worldview that we are told in scripture and by the traditions of the church to view the world through. We do not leave our Catholicism on the pew at Sunday when we leave Mass and then just live like a normal person throughout the rest of the week. To do that is a critical error, one that we will pay for at our judgment. We are to live as Christ. And here is what the author tells us about 
what the what the world goes on to offer us. He says he goes on to list evils that we can't even name on any social media platform, but you kind of know what they are already. They've dominated conservative political discourse in the secular realm for the last few years, even if the politicians closest to us in the ideological spectrum have ignored those issues as best they can, and most commentators, as the author mentioned in that above quote, try to reduce them to just the sort of materialistic explanations for them. At the core of these issues is of this basic fundamental lie. The forces of Antichrist have convinced people that they can become a new creation, like a parody of Christ's great promise. For Christ, we can become a new creation in him and with him by acknowledging that he is the Savior and by living in accordance with his laws in the church he established. And in so doing, we become a new creation if we conform to his will. Perfect as the Father is perfect. We acknowledge that he is himself God and that he is one with the Father. What the world tells us is that we can become a new creation, perfected through the abandoning of classical moral principles and values of the old, right, rigid Christian order. This new creation is reduced to matters and inclinations of the flesh, lived out as we see fit according to the molding of the world by its own bizarre moral standards, little better than beasts. The flesh prevails according to their view. We all submit to the flesh, and in so doing, we find perfection. It's the opposite of the gospel in so many ways. The author, though, he then gives us this, quote, The speed and ferocity with which this battle is being waged, and the shameless vulgarity of those who are prosecuting it, proves that this is no confrontation between competing worldviews. To repeat, it is a battle between good and evil, light and darkness, the sacred and the profane. Does this mean that I believe in evil as a metaphysical entity? Not only do I believe it to be so, but I also contend that every Christian ought to believe likewise. If Christ was not healing the sick, he was casting out demonic spirits. Indeed, at the very end of his earthly life, he said that, quote, These signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink any, any dangerous poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. That sentence should give every believing Christian some serious pause, for if those signs are not accompanying us, we must question the strength of our belief. Be that as it may, we ought to pay close attention to the first sign that this that Christ mentions. In my name they will cast out demons. Not only did Christ assume that his disciples would believe in the demonic, but that, that they would also confront it. The irony is, however, that the secular world has much more belief in the demonic realm than its Christian counterpart. Indeed, it is the widespread fascination with demons and the secretive practices among many young that led American exorcist father Carlos Martins to launch his hugely successful podcast, The Exorcist Files. Father Martins explains why he responded to the Holy See's invitation to use the podcast medium to offer dramatic reconstructions of exorcisms accompanied by a catechesis on the demonic. Young persons aged 18 to 29 are increasingly leaving organized religion. A recent Pew survey found that the number of religiously unaffiliated persons in this demographic increased from 15 to almost 20% in just five years. However, another survey published by Public Policy Polling showed that a whopping 63% of the same demographic believe that people can become possessed by demons, a figure higher than any other group. Evidently, in the age group most disinterested in religion, something is occurring in their lives that makes them conclude that demons are real. The fact that The Exorcist Files has consistently held the number one spot on Spotify's religion and spirituality category proves how pervasive demonic activity is in the lives of many people, even if the secular world dismisses this phenomenon as medieval. Concluding his first epistle, St. John writes, We know that we are from God, and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. 
when we understand that we are under assault from what Christ called the ruler of the world, when we realize that we are not fighting flesh and blood, but the cosmic powers over this present darkness, we will be much better placed to prevail. I do not say that the battle we face will be easily won, for it is plainly evident that the smoke of Satan has not only seeped into every sphere of society, but is also suffocating the church. For who can deny that the Ted McCarrick problem, the the dismantling of the liturgy, the relentless attempt to conform the church to the world, and in many cases the complete abandonment of the sacraments by priests unconcerned for the spiritual well-being of their parishioners, are all malign manifestations of the forces we face." End quote. And that is why I call things demonic. That's why I put the wor words like demonic and evil and diabolical in my titles of videos. I'm not trying to be provocative and make clickbaity headlines. I believe it. We are engaged in an existential conflict on a spiritual level that has more than manifested itself in the broader world. That is the reality of the situation we're in. That article will be linked to you in today's show notes at returntotradition.org. And again, today's show notes over there. I didn't even give you half of that article. It's really worth your time to go over that. It's a, one of the better pieces I've seen for those of you who have an interest like I do in go, things going on in the political world outside of the church, but have a hard time understanding whether or not we should pay attention to that stuff. Remember, what we're seeing going on is not just another political contest like other political contests. We're seeing something more diabolical than that. It has been evident that this has been going on for quite a long time now, getting worse as time goes on. All you have to really do to understand that is, is compare some of like the recent award shows that have been going on. The footage you've seen there of the way the people dress and the things they, the, they speak about at their, when they accept their awards, compare that to just 20 years ago or 30 years ago. And you will see how social norms have completely collapsed in such a short time. It's truly breathtaking to behold. In fact, some of the same figures there at these award shows today were at those ones 20 years ago. And were almost completely different people. There is something truly diabolical going on in the culture. And it is time that we acknowledge such. So I'm curious what you have to say about this. So let me know in the comments, please. And hit like and subscribe if you haven't. It does help. So to sharing this on social media, that helps a lot too. And as always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.